That fresh produce stand there. That's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. The produce stand. Ah, fucking sexy. It's Martini Monday, and that means we are once again hanging out at the produce stand, a podcast paying tribute to everything in the universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are many other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this one is about to complete the full Letterkenny Presents lineup. I'm Al, your host, and joining me in the room, as always, is lovely Tanya. And online, we don't have Squirrely Mad, who's, uh, 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 gen- his wife is sick, and so he's attending to her. But we do have the very vain Victor, and joining us this week, she's a comedian, a writer, and an actor. She appeared on the show Strays, Something Undone, The New Wave of Stand-Up, and Roast Battle Canada. And she's the winner of JFL's 2021 Stand-Up and Pitch Competition. But we know and love her as the other half of the stand-up team of Alex and Olive on Letter. Can you please join me in Making some noise for Allie Pierce. Wondrous. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wait, 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 wait. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. I regret nothing. Welcome to the Protestant Alley. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> oh man, that was a shit show to, to start off with, but uh, we appreciate you joining us today. And uh, unfortunately, Matt couldn't join us because uh, Jen's a little under the weather and he's taking care of her. So we uh, we we hope uh, she gets better soon. But Ali, welcome to the Protestant. Where are you speaking to us from? I'm in Toronto. I'm and- in my my as you guys can see but the listeners can't see i'm in very much in my bedroom <laughs> okay it looked like you were in a closet for a bit there but you just i know and like i said to you i i wish i had one but i don't have one and <laughs> that is the 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 trade off of living in a place that i love mm-hmm. but that does not have a single closet it's been a challenge wow uh now can you be more specific what part of toronto or uh, are you like your your partner in crime olivia you don't want to be too specific north end <laughs> <laughs> no stalk me i want to be stalked that's uh. one of my dreams actually um i'm i'm in the west end area so i'm at like bloor and Dovercourt. okay all right so not yeah about in the west end there that's near matt actually i think uh but uh, oh really yeah oh. well he's kind of eglinton and uh what uh, al caledonia so it's, it's not near his she's in the annex like you know okay well isn't isn't that where he says he is i don't know i don't i don't know toronto i'm up here in in, uh, north of newmarket so yes from a from a plane you're right next to each other exactly yes exactly victor talking from the east end over there all right well uh where are you from originally ali i'm from montreal i'm originally from montreal so that's why i was born and raised but i've been in toronto for 15 16 years maybe all right but your formative years were in montreal yes yeah. yeah Yeah, yeah, that's where I grew up. When, uh, like, when you were growing up in Montreal, like, what part of Montreal? I grew up in the suburbs, so I was raised in Lachine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, kind of West Island area, and that's where, like, I went to school and where my mom is now. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I was. Now, when you were going to school in Montreal, what what were your interests and stuff? Oh gosh, well, <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, actually was always interested in theater. So in like a roundabout way, I've sort of come full circle now that I now that I do stand up. Like it took a long journey to mm-hmm. get there, but I was always really interested in theater. I did a lot of theater as a kid. I okay. did theater as a teenager. I actually went to CJEP, uh, which is like our in between high school and college uh school like a prep school kind of thing yeah it's it's like pretend 
university kind of. Uh, And I studied professional theater, which you guessed it, cannot get you a job. So yeah, I was, I was always like theater, theater, theater. And that was part of the reason that I moved to Toronto is I want, I wanted to pursue acting. And then I got here and I was like, Oh, I don't actually know if that's the right thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then I just completely left the arts world and I started working in like I worked in hospitality for years and then I was working in logistics and I kind of like in a weird backwards way started doing stand up and it was like, oh, I don't think I was meant to be a theater person. I was meant to do stand up, but right. it just took a long time to get there. Well, so how do you get into stand up in a weird backwards way? <laughs> well, okay. So I like all good villain origin stories. It's um <laughs> like a, a breakup situation. So right. I go through a breakup. I'm like, ah, I'm going to do something crazy. And then I do a second city intro to stand up class. Mm-hmm. And then I get back together with the person that I had the breakup with. And then I never do stand up again until we break up for real. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that that interest that I had, I should probably pursue that. Right. And so it kind of there was probably like a four year gap from the first time I did it to when I actually started wow. doing it. Yeah, that's, a, that's quite a gap. Is that four years of great material? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I was just building my reserves. (laughs) We've heard that material. So, uh, yeah, 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 you have (laughs) now. Um, so uh, second city, is that where you met Olivia or no? No. So Olivia and I, so second city was sort of, uh, it's an interesting thing because people Mm. often ask, you know, how do you get into stand up? And I don't, there is absolutely not one way. I think you can come at it from a million different perspectives and ways. But for me personally, as someone who's like, I want to try that, but then probably never would have done it on my own without a class. Mm -hmm. That was a really valuable experience doing, doing second city. And then, but like I said, I took a huge pause and then I didn't really start until I did my first real open mic in Toronto. And I don't know, maybe like two, three months in, uh, I was in an amateur comedy competition and I saw this like alarmingly beautiful, intimidating woman Mm. at the show. And I was like, another woman who does comedy Mm -hmm. and I want to be friends with her. And I think I just went up to her and was like, hi, let's, (laughs) let's connect. (laughs) And we just, we really hit it off. I mean, that's cool. Yeah, she's, you know, my best friend and my comedy soulmate and yeah. soulmate in other ways. So, yeah, I feel very lucky to have, I think, the stars aligned in us meeting that right. way. Uh, so it's amazing that there isn't, like, any, like, cattiness and stuff in that kind of circle. Like, there would be in high school or even, yeah, even yeah. in adult I mean, jobs. <laughs> I would say, like, most comics are suffering from mental illness. So mm. let's not, like, you know, it is, it's all a bit of a mess. Uh, and there's for sure like weird dynamics within comedy, but right. yeah, I feel, I feel so lucky to have found a person that I really gravitated towards and who I genuinely love doing everything with. Right. So, yeah, I well, mean, it's a competitive, it's a competitive industry for sure. sure, but I think Olivia and I are just so genuinely happy for each other when things happen. Cause we care about each other as friends first. Mm-hmm. So well, we'll we'll hear from Olivia in a second. We'll see if she says, has the same to say about you. But uh, first of all, <laughs> you mentioned your your first uh, your first open mic. Where, where was that? Oh my god! Okay, it yeah. was that. It's actually the same place that I met Olivia. It was. It doesn't exist anymore, oh. but it was a place called the Underground Comedy Club, okay. and it was 
so beautiful and magical and crazy and weird. It was in the East End at Queen and pretty much Queen and Broadview. Okay. Uh, and it was in the back of like a weed shop and you would like, you're like, oh, there's nothing here. And then right. you walk down and like a strange hallway and you'd emerge into this like incredible wild comedy space. Mm. And um, it was like a huge staple, a very iconic space, but it didn't survive the pandemic, wow. unfortunately. And so a lot of comics are still mourning it. Right. And so yeah. do, you, do you remember? My first open mic, yeah. And yeah. there was um, four comics and me and the friend that I brought. And it was really right. awkward and right. painful. Right. Wow. Can you remember your first joke? No, but even if I did, I'm sure I wouldn't want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's funny. I had a, a coworker working in an office and she, one day it's like, I, I worked with her for years. And then one day she yeah. spilled the beans and said, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I do stand up. And, uh, does anyone want to come and see, she she had this, some, there's some kind of competition where she needed to yeah. bring people and, and, and have people vote for her. Victor, this is uh, after you left, but, uh, I, I don't remember if you knew her, but anyway, I did. What, she, 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 I think had an accent. If I yes, yes. She was, uh, yes. from Venezuela or one, yeah. one of those South American countries. Oh, that's great. Anyway, uh, I said, sure, because I really wanted to be supportive of her. And, and I'm in a band, so I always like inviting people from yeah. work to. But she was like, I, I felt um, she better be funny because if she isn't, I'm going to like, I can't <laughs> no. lie. I, I'm not good at lying. No. So after her set, thank God she was funny. She came up to me. So what do you think? I'm like, oh, thank God you were funny because that was. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like, <laughs> I think too, when you first start doing stand up, yeah. that's when you invite people the most. Right. And it's when you should be inviting people the least. Sure. Sure. Did you? Have that, that, that's how I felt when Al re invited yeah. me to see one of his shows for the first time. I think you better be at least average. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it can get very awkward fast. What what like what was what were you working before like when you were doing stand up? Like what kind of coworkers were you inviting to your shows? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, okay, first I think when I first started I was still like I was just coming out of this period of my life where I was working in logistics and event planning. Okay. And kind of thinking like, oh, that's what my life is going to be mm. or my career is going to be. But by the time I started stand-up, I had actually quit that job and went back to serving in hospitality because okay. I wanted to like free up my days. Yeah. Or sorry, I wanted to free up my time a little bit more so that I could focus on stand-up. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it was like probably when I was a barista, I'm that must have been. So I'm sure I was inviting those people. Right. And they were like, I guess maybe <laughs> I'll come. <laughs> painful <laughs> well can you remember any any of the feedback they they gave you when uh when you first came off stage no <laughs> i don't know were any of them brutally honest with you or or uh or were they all like you know i also think when i first started mm -hmm. doing stand-up i started dating a comedian oh. immediately okay and so pretty soon it was like yeah it's not cool to like in, like he told me pretty quickly like it's not cool to invite people to shows unless no. like you're good right <laughs> So I'm sure I don't know how long into things I was inviting others. Mm -hmm. So when you when you're starting out, like mm -hmm. you're probably you know you probably not every set is great, oh, yeah. uh, and and you probably are hearing it just based on lack of response from the audience. Mm -hmm. Do you get but uh, 
then after the show, are you getting feedback from your peers or anybody else, solicited or otherwise, about how you're doing? Good question. Um, yeah, I mean, also to be clear, like even seven years in, there's still bad sets all like <laughs> you're never safe from it. So I think one thing that I did early on was I would record all of my sets and I would listen to them to hear where things were working and not working. Uh, there's nothing that'll uh, humble you faster than listening to that. And right. I, I still have all of them. If anyone wants to dislike me, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, it, there is, um, I would say like earlier on for sure, I, comics generally respect this sort of, I guess, unspoken rule of not really giving feedback unless somebody asks for right, it, yeah. unless a person is maybe just doesn't have that filter mm -hmm. and then they'll let you know, and you can take it or not. Cause you're all going but through the same thing, right? So all going yeah. through the same thing and yeah. everybody has bad sets and mm -hmm. there's good rooms and bad rooms and you know, it's so, it's so circumstantial. So. So coming up through through the Toronto scene, who who did you look up to as a like a role model for comedy? Well, it's interesting because I actually never really cared about stand up until I started doing it. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't I wasn't like going to shows or or anything like that. But I mean, there's so many comics now that I would consider more my colleagues. But when I started, I was like afraid to be in a room with them, right. and I still feel that reverence for them because I think Canadian comics are so 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 funny and so hardworking, and so it's really interesting where because the industry is a little bit stifled here mm -hmm. you can be like you're like recording for you know whatever like some huge thing and then the next day you're in a basement doing an open mic with right you know whatever well i so feel like, i feel like comics have the same challenge as canadian musicians do in terms of yeah. it's such a vast country even if you wanted to throw together a little tour or something it would be so expensive to tour the country oh yeah right it's really most comics who are going on tour in mm -hmm. canada aren't making money right. unless they are at a level where mm -hmm. they're selling out much bigger theaters yeah and then you know they might but the cost of like, cause I mean, you, you know, even traveling within the country is mm -hmm. so expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would say comics who are like going and who've, who've booked tours for themselves, which is a really good way to grow as a comedian who are doing like bar shows and small theaters and like black box theaters. They're not, they're not making money, but they're doing it for the love of growing and getting it, them. Yeah. And growing their audience. Right. Big time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And like, yeah, exactly. Like, and building a fan base mm -hmm. other than their like immediate, uh, surroundings. So, uh, I mean, it took you to moving to Toronto and then becoming a comic to finally get back into acting by the looks of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh just looking quickly at your, uh, uh or IMDb, IMDb and it looks like your first acting credit is a short called mayonnaise in 2022. Would that be the first time you act or no? No, no. no. Oh. I, I will say uh, a fun fact mm -hmm. about me. That's not in any way interesting or cool uh -huh. is that uh, my name is Ali. Like my legal name is Alexandra, but I go by Ali. Okay. So I actually have two IMDb pages that I need to merge. Oh, you threw me off. <laughs> it's okay. It's probably for the best. And yeah, you guessed it. It's been on my to-do list mm -hmm. for about two years, but because it's not easy, no, I, I know. 
tech illiterate, I haven't been able to. Yeah. So if anyone's listening to this and they can tell me how to merge my IMDb pages, please DM me. Um, I did, when I first moved to Toronto, I actually did a bunch of short films with Ryerson students. Okay. Or I forget what the university TMU now, T- Toronto Metro University. Metro yeah. So I did a bunch of, I like connected with people who were in their film, in the film program. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, I want to do this. And I did a bunch of shorts and that was fun. It like, it actually introduced me to a bunch of people who have since gone on to make a career for themselves in the industry. So that's, that's awesome. And, um, I did some acting classes and I was in a Burger King commercial a couple of years ago okay. where I, as a vegetarian was <laughs> eating, um, it was like one of those, uh, sidewalk testimonials. Like, what do you think of this burger? Right. And I'm just eating like a bun, mm-hmm. but it looks like I'm anyways, this is like Burger King slander, but, um, <laughs> I'm eating like literally just a bun with mayonnaise. And I'm like, Oh, it's so good. And I'm like playing myself, but this commercial, mm-hmm aired during like the super bowl or something right right and so every guy i'd ever hooked up with messaged me being like wow i saw you on that burger king commercial <laughs> looks like things are really looking up i'm like i I'm, i do stand up i'm like a real i'm a real artist i swear <laughs> so yeah i would i would say that came before yeah eating mayonnaise came before doing the short film mayonnaise mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yes <laughs> and then yeah and then I, I sort yeah, I mean, I have uh, an, an amazing agent who mm. I do audition with and stuff, but for the most part, because my focus is stand up, I haven't really spent a lot of world, a time in the acting world. But uh, I recently played a very teeny tiny role on this show called Something Undone, mm-hmm. which uh, is a CBC gem show that is amazing. And uh, and then this obviously this incredible thing with letter Kenny. So oh, yeah. What's that show about again? Uh, anyway, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, we'll figure. Well, you, since you bring it up, let's, let's get you to letter Kenny then. Uh, but first uh, let's hear from your partner in crime, Olivia. She had a few things that we, we had her on last uh, Monday and she had a, yeah. uh, and some nice things to say about you. Here we go. Allie is really good with the decks. Uh, I'm going to clip that right right there. That's going to be, I'm going to play that for Allie next week. I'm going to open the next week's episode with uh, (laughs) Allie's really good with the dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, now you guys know how I built my, uh, my material. (laughs) There you go. Now, of course she's referring to the Mennonites on letter Kenny and and writing for them. But uh, I, hope, yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't help but, but but clip that one. But here she is really talking about you. Hold on here. I would write at night and Allie would write in the morning. So we would always get to like log into the Google Doc to find each other's work. And then we would just be laughing, you know, and then adding jokes and tags to the other person's stuff, which was so exciting being like, oh, my God, you just like I thought it had a punchline. But now you added like a real punchline or a tag or, you know, so that was always really really fun it was yeah and again it's one of those things that just it made me love Ali even more made us even closer knowing how well we could work together because that can be a scary thing as uh friends and colleagues comedians you know what I mean it's just like oh I want to work with you because I respect you so much and I think you're so hilarious and fantastic and I want to be associated with you and I want to be close to you but what if we work together and it makes me hate you right and Mm -hmm. couldn't have been more opposite Mm -hmm. from that so it sounds like she kind of likes working with you too. Oh my god, that's uh, I'm I'm going for dinner with her in an hour. Mm-hmm. That's nice. that's my bestie. All right. Yeah, it's it's um, 
it's so hard for me to explain it. And it's so hard, I think, for people to wrap their heads around it because it's it's like I found this counterpart in the world, you know, and it's it's beyond just like being colleagues who enjoy each other's company. Like Olivia makes everything better. Like anytime, you know, when we were on tour and stuff this this last uh last late last year like mm-hmm. take a benign situation and you put Olivia in it and it's immediately like you're howling with laughter she's just she's such a bright light and working with her i mean to her point it's like first of all we get plucked essentially out of obscurity to work together so not only are you being put in like what is a hollywood film situation you know like mm-hmm. it, these things never happen but you get to do it with your best friend and then you get to grow and love each other even more. It's like, it's such a, I'll never get over it. I mean, it's so cool and it's so special and it's true. Like, I mean, you guys, I think you've seen a couple episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is like some crazy stuff that we say, like Olivia and I pitch stuff that doesn't make it. Cause it's just insane. Oh yeah. Know? She opened up your, uh, the Google doc uh, during the episode last week and started <laughs> reading a few off to us. <laughs> She's going to get us canceled. That's, <laughs> That's right. No one, no one listens to this podcast, but uh, hey, so, so, so uh, what would a roast battle look like between the two? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well, so we've actually, this is, we've never roasted each other, but it's, We've both done Roast Battle Canada and yeah. we both said that we didn't want to roast each other because it's like, I can't tell if it would be amazing or awful. <laughs> well, you would know, you would know the right buttons to push and so would she, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the trick, what makes a really good roast. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't really think about this until like myself, I never thought about it until I had to actually do it. You have to talk about what's right in front of you. Like, You know, there are people that I've roasted on that show who were like, oh, here's this really weird fact about me. And I'm like, but people can't see it. Right. So it's very hard to roast something that you can't see Mm -hmm. or for it because it takes the audience a while to catch up. Mm -hmm. So it would be hard because I'd basically be like tearing down how my best friend looks. And what am I going to say? She's a a supermodel. You know, it's like there's not much to there's not much to go on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would shake out. <laughs> that would be an epic battle for sure. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it would probably be get bloody for for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Ruins the relationship. Yeah, mm. we don't want that to happen. Because um, you guys are such a great team. So, I mean, we saw you, if you remember, we were at your Burlington show of yeah, the Letter yeah, Kenny uh, Presents. And you were awesome because we gave you guys a TPS t-shirts and you came out wearing one. And uh, Yeah, was, yeah I, I have it. It's great. I love it. It fits awesome. Oh, and no, I was, I was very touched by that. So yeah. I was happy to support. We really appreciate that. Now, how did you, cause you said you got plucked from obscurity. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're talking yeah. about uh, getting chosen to write on letter Kenny. How did that happen? Like, uh, how did they find you? God, that's a, an incredible question that I have truly never gotten a straight answer about. Oh. <laughs> I, th- I, my understanding is that Jared wanted to write an international women's day episode mm-hmm. and wanted to work with comedic female writers. So he, I think kind of sent his producer on like a bit of a wild goose chase, like can you find women who would be aligned with our show? I don't even really know exactly how they came upon us, but Olivia and I were already kind of a duo in the sense that, you know, we were 
online together a lot mm. and produced shows together and stuff. And I did at the time and still do run a sex positive comedy show called Slut Parade, mm. which is a monthly show where I would have a bunch of pro comics come and, and do like dating material and relationship material and whatever. And so I think that, I think Jared mentioned to me that that had caught his eye mm. somewhere along the line. And also Olivia is like a brilliant tweeter. If you ever want to go on a, on like a fun journey, go check out her, 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 well, I guess it's not Twitter anymore, but whatever. Fuck it. It's Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her ex or anyway, yeah. Elon and all that. Um, and so I think Jared had like then seen all of her tweets and was like, yeah, she's hysterical because mm -hmm. she is so funny. And so then I get a DM that of course seems like spam. Right. That's like, hey, want to come write for Letter Kenny? And I'm like, I'm going to block this person. <laughs> but he was a producer. It was Kara. Right. It was incredible. Yeah, and we know Kara, yeah. Was, uh, yeah, who was reaching out. And yeah. so then we went through all the agent channels and sorted it. But And that's how we got brought onto the show. So you were already aware of the show before you were asked. Oh to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So I couldn't, I think. So, I was, uh, so Al, I, I, before we get mm -hmm. stuck in letter, Kenny, I, mm -hmm. so, yeah. I, I don't think we got an origin of how you got into writing. Like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we got, we got the comedy, yeah. comedy, yeah. We got the acting, That's but true. where did the writing come from? I, that okay that's a also i'm trying to think of like what the sequence of events is i mean i'd never written for television mm -hmm. before i started writing for letter kenny so that was my first oh. um that was my first writing job so that's why it's like it's unheard of this sort of like experience is pretty unheard of and i had in my like earlier years probably like i don't know i want to say almost probably a decade ago i wrote a pilot with a friend which we shot and so we shot like a proof of concept and stuff. And I had a development deal at the time, but it's not, I I don't know. I think that was really the first thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. But then I also wrote a web series pilot that, Oh, great. I just lost my light, but anyways, no <laughs> one can, you guys. Okay. That's annoying. It's an audio only podcast. Our listeners are okay. Yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> okay, I look like a ghost, but anyways, um, I wrote something that I pitched to, to JFL stand-up and pitch competition, mm -hmm. which is uh, like a thing that happens every year. Right. And it won something there. And that's how I got my literary agents. And it was how I was able to like push my career forward otherwise. But Letterkenny was my first writing job. That's cool. And you're writing now for Shorzy as well? Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been very cool. Yeah. So yeah, back to Letter Kenny presents. I mean, we saw the show; it was so much fun, and we all four of you were were amazing and and hilarious and brilliant. And now we have the matching set. Thank you for <laughs> for coming <laughs> on. Um, how did how did that come about? Like, so you went from writing, you know, first writing punch up jokes and and writing full yeah. script, or helping with International yeah. Women's Day, and I uh, the um, uh, what's the episode one of season twelve. Uh, laugh, laughter, Kenny. I guess, and yeah, you yeah. you also wrote Snooters, is that or co-wrote Snooters? We wrote. Um, oh God, now I can't remember. It's such a blur. Eh? Because yeah, yeah, you're like you're in so many. Your brain is in so many episodes. Mm -hmm. We did. Uh, oh God, now I feel like a. Oh, don't uh, worry. I I could have it on, on my notes too, but I of course I don't. I'll anyway, it. so you went from that to at what point does. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Jared say, Hey, we have this idea for a comedy yeah. tour. Well, what's interesting is 
you know, this show has comedians kind of built into it already, which right. is cool yeah. and very unique about it. So like obviously Mark Forward and Jeff mm-hmm. McHenry. And then there's also been other comics who have been on that show. Like Darren Rose is right. an incredible comedian. He plays the doctor. Um, and so I actually, I, this is not really this, like, I, I, I have a feeling that Jared early on had seen how much the audience responded to the live shows and was like, Oh, well we have all these comedians who do this for a living. Mm -hmm. We could probably put something together. And I don't think this is necessarily connected, but the way that Olivia and I even ended up in an episode of the show is that I actually got an audition for letter Kenny from my acting agent (laughs) who was like, Hey, do you want to go out for this? And I was like, yes. But it was weird because I had worked on that episode. Right. And I never told anyone. I just taped for it and sent it in. Mm -hmm. And then that tape made its way to Jared. And he was like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, I didn't know that, that you were even an actor. And so then that started the conversation of like, Oh, I, I see Olivia is also an actor. Like, can we think about maybe writing an episode and having you guys in there? And so I think, I mean, the up, like our laughter candy episode hadn't aired or Mm -hmm. the live at Modine's episode hadn't aired by the time we went on tour the first time, but it was kind of like, now it's a thing, you know, like we're going on tour again and we were in the last season. So mm-hmm. in a better way, basically playing ourselves yeah. as you guys. Know, so, yeah. Amazing. Uh, was it, was the first part of that tour always going to be kind of like a feeler? And if it worked out, then you guys yeah. are going to do like a longer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it was basically just a, a run to see if there was interest in it, if people would come out, if, The shows, I mean, planning a tour is so incredibly labor intensive. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like, you don't want to plan a 45 city tour and then you get to the first show and you're like, we've made a grave mistake, you know? Right. So yeah, it was, it was mostly just a, a, like a run to see if it would. Yeah. Well, we could have told you guys that it was going to work because (laughs) the majority of our listeners are in the U S and they're always like, when are they coming back? When are they doing the tour again? That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it, it just, this show is so incredible. I love to see how it brings people together. It's, it's really cool. Uh, and speaking of our listeners, they, they sent us a bunch of questions when they found out you're going to come on. So, uh, here's one from our buddy, Jeff from Maine, who saw you guys, I believe at the, did you guys do, did a show in, in Massachusetts in Boston? No, or, we didn't. I think, I think was they it a, did oh. like the, the other show. Oh, okay. I thought he, um, What's the closest you got to Maine then? Because I'm pretty sure he saw the letter Kenny presents. Um, uh, let me look at the old. I, I, I should really have this here, but uh, don't like, worry. Anyway, he he, he saw you. Yeah, he saw you. Whatever show, and he said you guys were amazing. And he said, uh, "Do you have any funny or frightening or touching or interesting things that happened during your uh, travel during, for that show?" Oh my gosh. Like Olivia said, she kept like a road journal. Did you keep a journal at all or? Oh, I didn't. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think if any, oh gosh, I feel bad that I can't think of anything. Um, I'm looking at the dates to try and jog my. Well, basically you and your bestie were on the road for. Well, yeah, we were having the time of our lives. I'll tell you that. We were absolutely (laughs) laughing it up. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to remember like what, oh, well, did Mark talk about, cause you guys had Mark on recently, yeah, right? Yeah, we had Mark. 
did he talk about the, was it Detroit, the Detroit show with the opera guy? No. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. What? Okay. Wait, I'm looking at the dates. Cause I'm trying to remember which mm-hmm. show it was, but I believe it was not Boston. Not, I don't know. Maybe it was Detroit or, okay. I can't, I think it was Detroit, but okay. forgive me if I'm wrong. We, Mark is on stage and now I'm going to butcher this story and he's the right person to tell it, mm. but the show's going, we're having a great time. And in the middle of his set, a guy stands up and starts opera singing. And I'm not like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I mean, he is like, Oh, like he is yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> and so Mark is just like, what? And he handles it like a pro and he yeah. roots on it. And then mm-hmm. eventually like security comes over and kicks this guy out. Mm-hmm. And then Mark, cause no one leaves with him. Mm-hmm. So then Mark is like, well, who the hell was sitting with this guy? <laughs> so he's like, who, who was there? Mm-hmm. And this guy was like, oh, we're here for my son's birthday. And that's our friend. And Mark was like, what was that about? And the guy's <laughs> like, I don't know. He just does that sometimes. Oh, like, is that not, can you imagine being like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this guy to a show, even yeah. though he just does that sometimes that, that is top of his lungs scream singing. It was, it was wild, but Mark, you know, is such a pro and is so funny and turned it around and mm-hmm. made it. And he, he like, it totally amplified the show. I'm Mark sure it sent him into a, a giggle fit. And oh, it probably got a, of his yeah. 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 <laughs> and he hasn't admitted to that being a prop to this day. <laughs> like a plant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like his distant cousin that right. he hired. <laughs> and I will say like another thing that I found very funny. Um, and I don't want to shame anyone that came, mm-hmm. but we had like the Q and A's, the, the Q and A's before the show, which are so much fun. They really are such a good time. People, I think, would get there early and have, I don't know, 18 glasses of wine beforehand. Uh, and so then it would be very funny. Like, I'm like, oh, wow, there's like the Q&A. You're about to black out. There's still an hour before the show starts. And then there's right. a full show. I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know if this, like, I'm glad she's here, but I don't know if she's going to be here for the whole night. Yeah. You know? Maybe it was that uh, heckler in Burlington that uh, was was uh, so annoying. So annoying. Yeah. It's funny. There was. There was quite a quite a few of those that they all become a bit of a blur, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you're right. Mark is, is a pro at handling that. But our buddy Trace from Tennessee, he wants to know, uh, you know, what's the best heckle you've ever heard? Not that he's condoning it, but uh, if you know, what's, what's the best heckle? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or if you can't think of one, just talk about hecklers. And what's your go-to way of handling a heckler? Well, it's interesting because I think, and this is a conversation that I think is happening a lot in stand-up right now, is that there's this huge, um, there's this massive growth of uh, stand-up comedy online. So like a huge responsibility of stand-up comedians now is to post their content online because follower count is becoming a factor in how they get booked and, you know, whether we like it or not, that's just the reality of it. But because comics don't want to burn their material, they don't want to take jokes that they're going to do at a show Mm. and post it online. And then there's no surprise for you when you get there. They were, I think a lot of people, and it's great. And it's such a skill post crowd work clips Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and crowd work is great. And it's hard. And it's like doing good crowd work is like such a talent and such a skill. But the problem is that now people have this idea that 
it's helpful to yeah. give. Yeah. They think a comedy show is a conversation. Yeah. Or a and dialogue. I can't tell you how many times, like I was yeah. talking to a friend of mine who's like an incredible uh, comedian and I won't, I won't say his name just because I feel like the story is a little chaotic, but mm. he was on stage and he was getting heckled really badly by this guy and they almost got into like a physical fight. And after the show, they ran into each other at the bathroom and my friend was like, Oh God, am I going to have to fight him? And then the guy was like, I'm really sorry. Like I'm trying to be a comedian. I thought I was helping you. Oh, by giving God. you something to work with. So there is like a bit of a misconception yeah. that it's wow. Olivia mentioned that last week too. And, and, and oh, yeah. And, and, and I'm aware, I mean, guys like Matt Reif or whatever, like guys who, who on TikTok. that's, you're right. All they do is post crowd work. And if you don't go to comedy shows and you think, you think that's, that's what, what it is, is yeah. which sucks. Cause I hate, there's nothing I hate more than a heckler. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we used to go no. regularly to comedy shows and if anyone ever, did that they'd be kicked out like almost immediately yeah. but um it's yeah. different when the comedian is like engaging with you sure. and asking you you mm -hmm. know yeah. um yeah it's 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 fun it's it's a it's a funny thing like i i can't offhand necessarily think of like a specific example but i've definitely had like times when it it happens and you're like okay this is either i can if you go too mean and if you go too hard, you will lose the audience. Right. So it's straddling that line of like addressing it so that they're not in control, mm -hmm. but not giving them so much power that you're now losing the, yeah, you know, the rest of the room. The yeah. Audience. Yeah. So it's a tricky thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't want to envy you guys because uh, I'd hate that. I'd tell them to fuck off. And what do you mean? That happened to you. I was there. <laughs> no, what? In, 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 in oh, music, if you're a musician, I, heckling is just somebody yelling out free bird. I mean, I can, no, I can handle no, that. No, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. As a musician playing in a bar, mm. a girl can just go up on stage and start interfering with your oh. set. Yeah, but that's, that's kind of welcome. <laughs> I don't mind that. <laughs> oh my god, uh, did that, that happen to you? I don't mind that. Although, yes, that one there that you were talking about, she was she was really pushy, and after a while, I had to kind of tell her to get the fuck off the stage. But anyway, um, let's move. This isn't about me; it's about you, Allie. And let's talk about uh, Gordon in Toronto. He wants to know how did you find the transition from Letter Kenny writer to Letter Kenny actor? So we talked about you know act, your love of acting. Yeah. yeah. How was that yeah. transition? I mean it was so cool because this is again, like such a unique experience where it's like, we wrote it. So we knew exactly like mm -hmm. there, it's not like we're going to show up on set that day and be like, I don't know about this line. It's like, if I'm saying that I only have myself to blame. Right, so right. it was, it was very cool to be able to make decisions and build that episode. What was unique about that episode is that we were doing something, which I think, often doesn't translate well, but that I think did translate really well in this episode, which is stand up on screen. Mm -hmm. So stand up when it's not like a Netflix special, but anytime you see stand up in like a TV show, I think it's very hard to do it well Yeah, because it's not real, you know, mm -hmm. and what's magical about stand up is the audience. So, but because each of like everyone who was doing stand up with the exception of Olivia and I, they're playing a character doing stand up. Mm -hmm. So it was cool. It was like, it was not a big stretch mm -hmm. because we were sort of playing ourselves, but I was really, really nervous when we got uh, there because, you know, it's like, well, first of all, we had never been to set before. So being right. at Modine's like, oh my God, I was starstruck. I yeah, was like, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So it was, it was really cool. And it is obviously such a different job and such a different role, but it was, it was such a, it was a really positive experience. And Jacob Tierney is such a genius and Mm -hmm. he's so, he is such a good director. He's such a good director and he just made us feel great and made us, you know, directed us and told us what we needed to do, but really let us play and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I find it ironic that out of the regular cast, uh, Kate Drev is is the other like regular stand up comic. But his his idea of acting as a stand up comic is the hammiest like most. I know it's right? like so opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's such a great comedian with the catchphrase and the yeah, yeah, it's in the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well done. Uh, Dennis from the UK. This might be unfair to ask, and, and it was unfair to ask Olivia, but we'll see if you have anything. He okay. wants to know, what's your favorite Letterkenny line that you wrote or one that you wish you'd written that you didn't write? Can you think of any? Oh, my God. I'm dying to know what Olivia said. Well, that's the thing. I don't think she could remember one either. So it's it's fine if you can't. But uh... I know. It's such a funny <laughs> thing because we do, like Olivia was saying, our our brains kind of like, there are definitely lines that I'm like, that is Olivia or like that was me or whatever. Um, but so much of our collaborative work Mm -hmm. shapes how things get written. So it kind of like passes through both of our filters, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head, which makes, (laughs) I wish I could. I really (laughs) wish I could. It's all good. Uh, yeah. our friend Cassie, who's been to a couple of the, the, the shows, yeah. you know, Cassie. All right. I know Cassie. Yeah, she rocks. <laughs> so she said, uh, she wanted to thank you for welcoming and, uh, and being kind, uh, when she was in the VIP of, uh, you know, at the Burlington, I believe the London, London show as well. Yeah, London too, yeah. The, the way you said, welcome back meant, meant the world to her. So she just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. She's so sweet. Uh, she's also, um, she wants to know if you have any advice for women wanting to break into comedy, especially stand up, because I think she's okay. got some, uh, designs on maybe trying it out. Well, I hope she does. And I mean, I think the thing the- it's so hard to distill it into one thing. I mean, obviously it's a, it's like a male dominated space, but like at the end of the day, I think it's like the only thing that matters is is showing up as yourself and just like, you're going to fall on your ass a lot and you're going to be in a lot of rooms that you don't want to be in with a lot of people you don't necessarily want to be in, but all you have to do is show up and do the work and that's it. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, it, it takes a while to find your footing But I I don't know, like I have found the comedy community. I mean, I'm in Toronto, so specifically here, like it's a beautiful place to be. Honestly, it's there's a lot of good and there's a lot of support. And I think people really show up for each other. So, yeah, I think it can be intimidating as a woman for sure. Like there is no doubt that on most shows, you will be the only woman on the show. Uh, Or, you know, if you go to a mic, there's going to be 30 guys and maybe five women. And it's like, it's, it's, it, it don't let it deter you. Right. You know, could it come, could it work to your advantage though? If you're a comedy club owner and you see a dozen men and two women is like, I got to throw a woman on stage. Or do you think that might happen? I mean, by sheer numbers that does happen, Mm -hmm. I will say, and this is something that happens all the time Mm -hmm. is that there is, I, I literally, I cannot tell you how many times I've come off stage at a show and a man has come up to me and been like, I normally don't find women funny, oh, but I thought you were funny. I mean, it happens yeah. 
more like an alarming amount of times. And so I think what that shows me is that when you walk on stage as a woman, there is often a notion like you have to do more work Mm -hmm. in a way to win, to win people over in a way that it's not to say that, you know, a man walks on stage and then it's like easy breezy. Like Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not suggesting that, but I think that there is, Unfortunately, just like this old rhetoric that women aren't funny. Yeah. So you're working against that often yeah. when you get on stage. It's unfortunate. Um, Jay from Edmonton, do you get the same satisfaction writing for TV as you do for your own performances? Wow. Yeah, that's a really cool question. It's mm. so, so different. And yes, I would say the same satisfaction, but but in totally different ways. Mm-hmm. Stand-up is so cool because you know, I could write something like I wrote something today one this morning when I was writing and I feel like I cracked a line that I've been trying to figure out and it's been driving me nuts. And I feel like I cracked it today, but I don't know if it's going to work until I get on stage. Right. right. But as soon as I get on stage, I will know if it worked mm-hmm. or not. So it's an immediate feedback. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to like have an idea. It marinates you kind of like, sometimes you leave it for a week or like I I even, I had something happen to me recently that I've turned into a joke. The first like eight times I told it, it bombed, but I was like, I know there's something there. Mm -hmm. So it's just this, like this persistence that is like very, very satisfactory. And then when it comes to TV writing, it's so different because you're building a story and it has a beginning, a middle and an end. And you don't really know how it's going to be perceived until it's filmed and people are watching it and it's done. Right. So I feel like, and in a lot of ways, I feel like a joke is never really done. A joke can like, mm-hmm. you can keep working on it forever, but TV has like, you, you will close the door on yeah. an episode, which and, is cool. And you relinquish control until you, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Tobias in Missouri, uh, he wants to know, is there a dream writing project for you? Is there something you wish you could write or work on? I, yeah, I would love to create my own show mm-hmm. and I'm slowly working on that. I would love to tell a story that is, that is mine. Not that I wouldn't collaborate with other people, sure. but you know, I, there's tons of rooms that I want to be in. There's tons of writer's rooms that I want to be in. There's tons of shows that I think are absolutely incredible and I want to be in them. And I look Mm. forward to, to working on different things, but for sure, I think there will, there is something uniquely satisfying and special and cool about creating something from scratch. Iso has uh, a few, uh, slots he's gonna have to fill with this deal he recently made so just fyi right yeah 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 absolutely (laughs) the universe is about to expand yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right final question from our listener uh this one's from trollinger in the uk Uh, it's a great question i think i know the answer to this but uh feel free to surprise us if the bus broke down on your tour and you had to drive to the next tour stop who would be your co-pilot olivia of course (laughs) olivia but we'll put everyone else in the trunk (laughs) still coming (laughs) well put uh tanya did you have any final questions this has been so wonderful thank you so much for sharing your time with us thank Um, you absolutely pleasure um i wanted to ask what, what who's your favorite character to to write for on on uh 
both shows, yeah. Letterkenny and, and For the Shores. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Letterkenny that's fun because Olivia and I write together, any, anybody that's a duo is like so fun. Like <laughs> Riley and Jonesy are so fun for us because we kind of just like drop into those characters momentarily. Mm-hmm. And then we go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we tag each other up and it's like so teamwork heavy. So I would say that kind of anything that's a duo has been particularly fun for us. But I also love writing stuff for Wayne because Jared <laughs> is the person who gives us feedback. Right. So sometimes he's like, I, I can just tell that he's like, this is funny, but am I willing to say it? <laughs> you guys, you know what I mean? He's like, you guys are a little bit crazy. <laughs> so there's a line. Do you, yeah. You, oh yeah. There's have, a line. Have you found what that line is? <laughs> yeah. He lets us write in private, whatever the hell we want, mm-hmm. but he's, he is absolutely drawing a line of how far we can go. And we've interviewed a lot of the cast members on this show, and it seems like an overwhelming amount of them have their own impersonation of Jared. Do you, by any chance, have? I'm trying to get on that new magic deal. Don't don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I won't. Fair enough. (laughs) Good point, Victor. Do you have any any Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, So we'll do a twist on Tobias's question about your dream writing job. So let's say you've got uh, three doors in front of you, Mm -hmm. and they all, they will all, you, they will all pay you the same. They will all give you the same fame. So you don't have to worry about that stuff. But one is a writing door. The other yeah. is an acting door. And the third is the stand up door. Which door do you walk through? Oh, that's really tough. Um, I would say like, fuck, Mary kill. Can we say that on this podcast? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. This is a letter. Can you just podcast. Yeah. I would kill uh, acting. And then I know I have to walk through a door, but. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I feel like I just love stand up so much. Like I can't imagine never doing it again. Mm-hmm. It would, it would like be, I mean, it's such a huge part of my identity. So I think I'm walking through that door. So well, I think, I, I think I um, am fucking stand up and I'm maybe marrying writing, even though that's not what you asked me, but I'm choosing stand up. <laughs> well, you know what? You really did find your soulmate because uh, Olivia uh, answered this question that was phrased slightly differently yeah, in the same way. Yeah. So really? you guys are meant for each other. That's my girl. I would have been a little disappointed if you didn't say stand up because uh, I, I have yeah. huge respect. We love, I love stand up comedy. So the fact that uh, you would, you'd want to do that for sure. And you guys are so great at it. Uh, I will ask the question that Matt would usually ask at this point, but basically his question, his boilerplate question is uh, letter. Kenny is you, you saw it yourself, you know, on the tour, it's a, basically a cult hit Yeah, everywhere you go. It's got that following. I mean, if you didn't do anything else, you could dine out on probably uh, going to cons for, you know, and, and signing <laughs> autographs and taking pictures for, for the rest of your life. If you wanted to, What, what has it meant to you personally to be part of this show? I mean, it is, it is such a uniquely Canadian perspective and it's such a uniquely Canadian show that has transcended so many, like it's popular in so many places Mm -hmm. and to be working on something that has meant a lot to so many people. And that like, it's really hard to describe. It's just like, I feel like I'm part of a club that's like (laughs) 
just all love mm-hmm. and and just joy. You know, there's nothing about Letter Kenny that is like I don't know. It's just it's so warm mm-hmm. and yeah. I just feel like I I it's I'm I'm constantly thinking about how much it's changed my life. And it really has, like it has completely changed my life and I'm getting to do things that I've never imagined. And it's because of this show. So it's, it's, it really just like warms my heart to, to be involved with it. It means a lot to me, truly. Great. I think, I think you'll, you'll be asked back by, by a new metric for those, (laughs) those new shows. (laughs) Um, When, when do you get on the road for the, uh, the next part of the tour? February 7th, we are getting on a plane and then our first show is February 8th. Wow. So, and then you're on the road for how long? Till April 17th. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know, which is great. I'm so excited. The only, the only, and I love my boyfriend and he can probably hear me right now, but oh my God, I'm going to miss my dog. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could take her when she gets car sick. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and uh, is there like other than the tour, are there any other projects that are coming up for you that we can, you know, t- uh, keep an eye on, like look forward to? Ooh, I, uh, I mean, this is a big, this is the, this is kind of the big one right now. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I mean, I'm, I'm writing on things that I can't really talk about sure. second, but I'll be happy to share it next time. Mm-hmm. And uh, otherwise, I mean, I, you know, I run a monthly show in, in Toronto and I'm, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so I'm out and about quite a bit doing well, shows. If he wants to come. Yeah. If you want to promote anything, let us know and we will amplify to our network. Uh, Thank you. happily. And, um, just, uh, one last thing. Where's the best place you want people to follow you? Is it, uh, Instagram? Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. I'm, I'm, uh, my handle is the same on every platform. So I'm Allie, A-L-L-I-E underscore Pierce, P-E-A-R-S-E. And uh, I'm I'm also on TikTok begrudgingly. So you guys can also follow me there. You had a lot of videos on TikTok if you're on there begrudgingly. Holy. And it's not all crowd work. No, it is. Uh, it is. It's work. Yeah. It's work. Like that. That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> TikTok's crazy. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, you've given us an hour of your time and we really appreciate it. Say hi to Olivia when you see her tonight. I will. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Uh, I'm going to play us off here uh, with, uh, you know what, since you're from Montreal, we'll play uh, one of my favorite songs from Letter Kenny from earlier season. And uh, I think, Victor, you like this one too. Musician parmi tant d'autres. One of the best, for sure. And that's all we have for this episode. Next Monday, we'll be joined by Ellen Jade, also known as Shania on Letter Kenny. If you'd like to support the podcast, please tell a friend. Also, follow us on most social media outlets at ProtestantPod. Thank you for joining us. Now we're going to go hang out with our new friend, Allie. And on behalf of Allie, Tanya, uh, Matt, if you were here, Victor and myself, thank you for listening and have a great week. Yeah.